Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, welcome to uh, Chris and Craig Podcast, part of the Ohioan Network. And good night, Craig. I'm not feeling good, which sucks. I am. Um, yeah, it's well, it's Wednesday, so I don't think anybody feels good, but then you actually don't feel good, so it's probably even worse because it's Wednesday and you're already sick now. Yeah, I got a little bit of a headache, a little bit of a um, yeah, st- stuffy throat. So, yeah, I bring this up. I know it's awkward. You're like, why don't I hear if he's not feeling well? <laughs> well, if I start you know, doing something like that during the podcast, <laughs> you'll know what's going on, which I, I already did. So, yeah, everything's okay. Um, actually, I was talking with our uh, Fraser podcast partner, Laura Kessel. Man. I'm like, hopefully it's not COVID. She's like, taste something. So I had a lemon cookie, and now my mouth tastes all lemony. So it's not COVID, it's just the old, good old stuffy nose, maybe a cold, you know, who knows. But I'm um, pitying my wife tonight because I'm not that much fun when I'm sick, so <laughs> she's not holding me. I might just say, hey, stay away, you're not going to like me tonight. So, All right, well, hey, welcome to the podcast. Um, you know, we're um, we're talking a little bit more about Ohio in our first hour. Um, we're going to release it this week, and then uh, we're also going to talk about pop culture. Uh, Craig, we were talking about other stuff before the podcast. I need to make an announcement. <clears throat> I think we're good to go. Um, we are going to talk Axios next week in this hour. Uh, I don't think I told you about this. Um, uh, Alyssa Wybedis, um, formerly the Canton, uh, Canton, the Columbus Dispatch, right. as well as Tyler Buchanan, and we've had both of them on in the past, uh, they joined Axios, and next week they are starting their newsletter. I'm curious. I want to hear more about what they're doing, and they're both slated to come on. So uh, we got a couple of guests coming up next week. Uh, Alyssa's been sending me lots of tweets. Uh, she actually scheduled us like two weeks ago, and Tyler's like, hey, remind me a little bit beforehand. So Alyssa's on the ball. She's actually scheduling some right. stuff. Yeah, yeah, hopefully we'll see them next week to talk about the new Axios um, thing that's coming here to the Columbus area. Oh, boy. So, lots to talk about today. I wanted to briefly touch on this. Um, you and George have done a great job of discussing Lowcast, which is a service that kind of collects uh, satellite signals of local channels, brings it into your TV. Um, you can watch local channels on your TV. Yeah. It's a suggested charge of 5 bucks a month. Uh, they've been in court because the local channels are saying, hey, you're copywriting our stuff. You're breaking copyright. So, and Locast was told not to do it anymore. And there was an injunction made by court last week saying it's permanent. Now, Locast is still able to appeal right. uh, in our conversation with George the other week. Uh, George said Locast still has a legal argument. So it's not like 
done, done, done. But on the other hand, don't count on anything happening in the nearby. And uh, Craig, you and we've talked about this with George. So I, I think people who listen to the podcast understand what's going on here. I guess here's my frustration. I still go back to the old, don't these networks want more eyes on them? So why don't they? And all they got to do is create an app. Yeah, let me know what you think as I hack a little bit here. Well, I, I completely understand what you're saying that, yeah, I you know they want the eyeballs on their app. They want people to watch their programming. The, the biggest problem I think that, that Lowcast has, though, is those, those viewers don't necessarily count towards Nielsen ratings and things like that where you can actually monetize those physical eyeballs watching the programming. So, you know, we, we talk about, you know, people who have ever heard of the Nielsen ratings where you have either... Um, in most cases, a Nielsen box where it tracks your viewing. And, you know, there's some, you know, radio stations I know used to, or at least maybe used to do journals where you would sort of write out what your 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 listening habits were for radios. I don't know that they do that for Nielsen ratings anymore because it's become so high tech, but you can't really monetize what's not considered to be there. So, like, I know that I watch certain programming but at the end of the day, the Nielsen ratings don't register me as an as a person that's watched X, Y, or Z because I'm not a Nielsen rating customer. So the low cast thing, I get it. You know, they know that the eyeballs are there. But at the end of the day, though, adver- you know, network stations can't necessarily go back and tell you know, their advertisers, oh, well, we actually have a lot more than the 2.5 million people because we have low cast. We have, you know, people that are you're watching at a bar or whatever it may be as sporting for sporting events. They can't track that and, and, and really concretely say as a network, as NBC, and say, look, people are watching our stuff, so advertise with us. So they can't do that. And apology, I had to run off for a second, but I, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying, why don't the networks take it in their own hands and use their own apps instead of saying, hey, you can all do whatever you want with it. You know, create that app on, you know, a lot of people have a smartphone. A lot of people have some type of streaming device on their TV. I think they can take control. And, you know, Craig, five years ago, would be like, whoa, uh, why would you say that? No, nobody does that. They do. I mean... Pluto, I don't know if you've talked about this with George, but Pluto's a really interesting streaming service where, yeah, you get commercial to death. You watch a lot of commercials, but it's free. And it's not, yeah, it's not top-of-the-line entertainment. But, you know, I was telling my wife, what if we just didn't spend a cent on streaming? We just use all the free services. Right. Yeah, it's not as appealing as having, like, a Netflix or Hulu or whatever, but you're not totally shut out. No, I'm wondering right. And why can't the local channels, you know, do that? And I think George mentioned this before. You may have mentioned when it slipped out. Um, you know, maybe the local channels will want to on their own. But obviously, you've got the networks stepping and say, hey, we don't want you to do that. But then here's what I'm thinking. If the networks set the tone, 
I'd be glad to. Well, I hate to say this, but it's true. Commercial media dev, you know, have a little bit more commercial breaks, and you could do that from NFL games to right. you know the sitcom on CBS or everything. And I know they're answering that a little bit by saying, "Hey, you can get Paramount Plus," or NBC right. saying, "Hey, you can get Peacock." I know they offer a. You can watch the local channel there, but I'm just saying. Maybe if you pay for Paramount and Peacock, you don't have to watch this many. I mean, change the way you're doing business because if someone's willing to watch your content, there's a ton more advertising space that you could use. I mean, that's how Pluto's making money. That's how some of these other free services. Right. Well, that's understandable, but the, I think the biggest problem is that you would face is who would be the, the one entity that would absolutely just be crushed if that were to happen? Cable. So cable's biggest cable's biggest things right now are they have live sports although you can get live sports on Hulu you know live and you know ESPN Plus has live sports YouTube TV but cable's built-in relationships is what really keeps them going and allows right. them to charge what they charge if if everybody if the the networks would never really be able to or probably want to pull completely out of it because if they do cable's dead and all that money that they get from the partnerships with being you know in bed you know having their channels on each cable entity whether it's cable or you know dish or direct tv or whatever it may be you you know you lose that now that you know obviously i think they would survive without it but you know it, it goes back to the you know when you have a lot of money what do you want more of you want more money right. and losing out on those contracts would be pretty detrimental to the growth of cable. And that means that there's a lot of a big chunk of money that's gone because, you know, now I, I get um, Paramount plus and I have, you know, I, I bought the, the, the half off subscription. So it was a great deal. It was the ad free. So it's, it's a great deal for this first year that I'm going to have it after that. I don't know, but the first year it is, and you get live your live CBS affiliate, which is pretty nice because let's say you don't have cable, but you have Paramount Plus and you live in Cleveland. If the Browns who play like 90% of their games on CBS are on, you're gonna get a watch, you're gonna get to watch them. Now, if they're on Fox or if they're on ESPN, you can't. But again, or if you're if they're on if they're on NBC Sunday night football. Peacock Sunday Night Football, so you know you, you're going to be able to watch your team if you're the if you're a Browns fan. Yeah, it's not quite the great deal that Lowcast was because Lowcast gave you CBS and Fox affiliates and NBC affiliates, which meant you would never miss a Browns game if you wanted to watch the Browns or the Bengals or you know wherever the you know wherever Lowcast was. So it's great in theory. People are you know. I, I think the wave of the future and Peacock doesn't have live channels like they, they have live channels, but they don't have live network station. They have live news feeds and stuff like that, but they don't have like NBC, you know, channel, whatever, wherever you're at in your, in your local market. So that's one thing Peacock does not have that if they were to get, I think it would entice even more people, but you know, Fox, well, unfortunately for Fox, they have a partnership with 
Disney, Disney owns them. So you're probably never going to see like a Fox plus or Fox, whatever. And I don't think Disney is interested even in, even on the Hulu side of things that they own Hulu. I don't think they would even say, well, okay, your local Fox station can be on Hulu. I don't think they'll ever do that. Peacock streams the Sunday night games, right? For NFL. Correct. Yes. Okay. You can watch Sunday night football on Peacock. Yep. They did a weird thing. I know it honked off a lot of people out there. Um, Notre Dame. I think it was last week or the week before. I have, I'm having full college football. Yeah, they played Toledo. Houston. Yeah, but it was strictly on Peacock. You couldn't watch it. Yeah, yeah. Can you watch other games from Notre Dame on Peacock? Or I don't know that you can watch. I mean, I, I'm guessing that you could maybe watch like replays of Notre Dame games, but live, okay. I don't believe so. The Toledo game was mostly just a you know. A test. A test, maybe, if you will. Um, but I know that, like, they have English Premier uh, English Premier League soccer on, on Peacock, and they do have live games, but then they also have replays the next day. So it certainly is possible that they have Notre Dame football replays for the next day. I wonder how it affected their numbers because, you know, Notre Dame was expected to beat up on Toledo. That turned out to be a good not game. Big, big, big. Which is which was beneficial though in in the grand scheme of things to you know NBC Universal because you know here people are like oh they're just going to put the crappy Notre Dame game on on Peacock and then it turns out to be a good game and you kind of wonder if maybe that might entice people if if Notre Dame were to go to like two or three games next year on Peacock or four games next year on Peacock or something like that so I'm kind of in I'm it's. It kind of was a perfect storm for them because not only were they an exclusive home for that week for Notre Dame football, it was a good game that may or may not have enticed people to sign up for Peacock either right then and there or maybe thinking about it for the future. Well, and we're journalists. I mean, we rank our stories sometimes based on how many subscriptions it might lead to. You know, if you're right. a good story and everything, wonder what the metrics were on Peacock. You know, especially yeah. Quarter, I don't. Like, I don't think you're gonna see big, more subscriptions. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna see big money games for Notre Dame on Peacock, but because you're you're probably losing out on a lot of advertising that way and a lot of extra money that you could be putting into your pocket. That's one of the allures of Notre Dame is they have a national TV contract. That's why they've never really joined a conference. They don't have a reason to. So I don't think you're going to ever see, like, Notre Dame USC on Peacock, although I wouldn't be shocked at some point in the future if they have a a simulcast stream of the game where it's both on NBC maybe and also, you know, on Peacock as well. Well, and you got to think, too. I mean, we're young. Well, not young anymore. Used to be young. (laughs) That was was a good time in life. But um, we're we're relatively young. Maybe that's the best way of phrasing it. But, you know, most everybody, eh, for the most part, like 60 on down, are, are using some type of internet with their streaming or whatever else it might be. But, again, remember, there's a portion out there that and, – and they're not people who live on a reservation or something. I mean, they're, they're people that are still going to games, still being plugged in with stuff. They just don't have the internet. Right. So I'm sure, as you said, you know, TV wants to make sure they're making money off various – you know, segments, if they just say, ah, screw you all, we're just doing the app, then, you know, you lose out on a little, a little bit of that, too. And, right. you know, sometimes the world population tends to have a little bit more money, too, so that's something to, yeah. you know, something out there. I, I do think that the longer we go, and this may not happen by end of the year, but 
I, I think we're going to get to the point where, yeah, you're right. Cable's still going to be out there, but I think maybe some of these stations are going to really think about what they're doing. Well, yeah, I'm even thinking major networks like NBC and everything. The only thing that I could see in the future that would ruin cable, that would absolutely blow up cable that second that it happened, is if all of the major sports agents, sports um, franchises, and sports leagues decided we're going to go and just contract with someone else. So, like, let's say the NFL contracts with Netflix. Let's say... The happen. NBA, you know, the NBA decides to contract with ESPN or Warner's because they have TNT, or the NHL, which does have an ESPN contract. But if those, you know, if those leagues were to do that, I think it would be the end of cable because, like I said, cable's biggest selling point right now is that if you want to watch live sports, you essentially have to have a cable package or. You know, you have to, you know, subscribe to, you know, Hulu TV or, or YouTube TV or Tubi or some of those other places. Right. But, you know, like, let's say ESPN, which you can I can watch all the ESPN plus I want. But if there is an ESPN U or ESPN two or ESPN game on, if you don't have cable, you can't watch that game on their streaming app. You have to have cable. Well, if ESPN just decides one day we're done with cable no one uses cable anymore, especially maybe too as like baby boomers start to really age out of of the world and just of, of making life choices like having cable, things like that. Maybe places like ESPN might say, okay, screw it. We're going to take it right to ESPN Plus. Everything's going to be on there. You'll probably see their prices jacked up. But the idea is that, you know, they're going to be the one-stop shop for whatever sports contract they can contract with or, or have it like, uh, like I was looking at Pluto the other night going what sports they have. And there was like an ACC digital network that yeah. I, if they showed any live games in the ACC, it would be the crap game. And I'm not talking Clemson against a, a poor team. It would be like the crappiest ACC team against right. a crappy non-conference team. Right. But you know, I kind of wonder, instead of saying, even on like the paid networks, like the NFL, make it where you can pick what game you want to watch or pick your team, you know, on a streaming service, and then maybe have one free game of the day on your regular channels. You know, CBS is one game, and yeah, it may be a crappy game. It might be, you know, I don't know, what's two crappy teams like the. Jacksonville and Houston, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it might be the game where I'm like, I'm not sure if I won't watch that. But then you sit there and say, hey, if you get this service, you can pick your team. And, yeah, it's going to cost you a lot of money. I mean, but it won't be as much as NFL Sunday Pass. So you still get that. Because there's some – I think, like, Yahoo does an NHL game of the day. And it's not always a game you want. I mean, it could be a crappy game. But you're like, well, at least I got something to watch really while I'm talking. Yeah. Yahoo, Yahoo does have NFL as well. Right. Um, so there are games that are select games that you can stream. Last season, I recall it being very bountiful. And I was able to watch the Lions a lot more often last year and the year before that. This this year it's kind of been relegated to like the the Sunday night game, the Monday night game, and then um, 
the Browns and Bengals or like home teams, if you will, for Ohio. Yeah, that's and what I've seen in the past. Yeah, last last year and the last couple of years when I've watched on Yahoo, it seems like there's just almost every game, almost not every, but almost every game is available on the Yahoo app. I know. Um, I think they've cut that back because why cut it back? Yeah. Well, and you know. Um, and I guess we should be thankful they have a, a, a contract as it is, given the fact that you've got Sunday pass, you know, the NFL pass, and you've got red zone, and you've got cable in general probably breathing down the NFL's necks about don't give our stuff away for free when people could buy it and have to watch, you know, have to buy our our program in order to watch their favorite team. But YouTube does that. Um, I don't know if they how frequently they do it, but YouTube used to have like a Thursday afternoon baseball game. Like yeah. it would just be a YouTube game and, you know, they'd have broadcasters, but it'd be a, a, a major league baseball game that you could watch for free on YouTube, you know, and they still do that. I think they do it once a week or maybe, but it's well, a pretty good situation if you're just looking for something to do on a Thursday afternoon. And you set up a free tier. You have like a studio show of highlights. Gets you all jacked up about saying, man, we'll watch these other games. And, yeah. and you know, commercial the heck out of you say, hey, watch these games. Yeah. Do a higher tier pass. I mean, in essence, and again, I'm not making fun of our current work. That's what our current work does, you know, which is fine. I mean, we have to make money. I We had something on the podcast. This is like two years ago, Craig. It was before you probably heard of it. Um, who was yelling about why there's, why do these companies charge a stream? Well, you've got to earn money. You can't just say, hey, everybody, here's all the free content. Right. You know, he's like, I don't want any commercials. I want free content. Okay, no, that doesn't happen. But, you know, hey, I'd go to the fridge and get something to eat during a commercial. Hey, why not? You know, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm still, I'm probably old enough to still be in that, like, I don't really hate commercials. I mean, I would prefer everything to be commercial free, but like, I don't not get something because it has commercials like we have peacock i have no and the only reason why i would i would bump up peacock is because their commercial placement is just garbage and they put so many commercials inside of movies whereas hulu and i know i've said this before hulu does commercials at the beginning of a movie so all of it's out of the way before you even start and you can just watch the movie without commercial interruption which is nice peacock doesn't do that so i don't really watch as much movie you know as many movies on peacock but yeah i mean you know just imagine if 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 you could kind of pick and choose you know where you're going with with stuff and and maybe everybody has like a single package for all the sports leagues and you know you might have to pay 50 60 bucks a month for it but i think a lot of people would or maybe you don't have to pay as much because you can just commercial the heck out of it and, you know, the leagues are going to make money hand over fist because everybody's looking for a way to watch games. Well, instead of having to track Nielsen ratings, now you can just track streams. And that's a whole lot easier. And you can get more people locked in. And you know for, for a fact how many actual people watched your event because you can see the number of streams of, of, of the event. Hey, I'm going to confess something to the NFL. I'm not sure if NFL is listening or not. But, hey, you know. Steelers fan. Now, I'm not sure why I watched that game because obviously it wasn't a fun game to watch. But, you know, the Steelers Raiders were on local TV. I caught a stream from someone I knew on Facebook and I watched the game. And you might say, oh, how dare you do that? You must follow the rules or pay Sunday pass. Hey, NFL, I pay 
I'm not paying 300 bucks like I would for Sunday Pass where you get all the games. But I pay 100 150 to get my team. Oh, I know I'll get my team each week. And since I can't, I got to go do the other thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. It's got to be an easier way to do these things. Um, but well, And everybody's different. Like, you know, I, I joke with Craig. He watches every single baseball game. Well, I'm not a baseball guy. Craig's a baseball guy. Great. You know? Yeah. Wonderful, whatever. Uh, but, I mean, I'm to a point where Steelers games are the only ones where I'm going to get the itch. Like, oh, man, we got to get home where I, I got to be on my phone so I can watch that. Right. I don't, I like sports. I like other teams. But I'm, I'm starting to think if the Steelers are the only thing I really want to watch. I mean, I like my Hulu Live. I mean, there's all kinds of ESPNs, all that other stuff. Yeah. But I don't need to watch 50 college football games. Um. Sorry, I, I mean, you know, I was actually kind of thinking a couple days ago, the Ravens and Chiefs, whoa, what a great game. I didn't watch it. Now, I wanted to watch all three. So it all depends on where you're at. If you want to watch all the NFL games, it doesn't work for you. But, I mean, I'm getting to the point where maybe Paramount and Peacock or at least get the local feeds of games. I don't know. Yeah. Hard to say. Hard to say. All right, well, hey, um, I'm doing a horrible job of, of talking about advertisers, so let's Mentioned that during the podcast. So let me give you some good advice. Ashley Home Store. Man, we need furniture. Uh, you can save money. Go to however you get the, po- the um, podcast. Click on the Ashley Home Store link. They will give you a coupon right away to save money. And you can use it to shop online. Make it easier. I mean, Ashley's got quality stuff you can purchase online. You know. I, I get frustrated when I go to the uh, store and I see this couch. Like I'm like, oh, it's... 10 feet long. I don't know if I have enough room. Well, hey, you can get out that tape measure if you're doing a home, and you can plan. You can do a lot of great stuff. Ashley Home Store has a lot of good shipping options, too. It's great, for especially in the COVID. And again, I'm not going to harp too much on masks and everything, but mask up, you know, get vaxxed and everything. But as we wait for things to hopefully slow down, Sometime in the future, <laughs> uh, you, you know, take advantage of deals like Ashley Home Store. It really works for you. So, all right. So, all right. well, Craig, I am battling, man. I'm playing hurt, dude. <laughs> but we are going to continue going. Um, interesting. Um, I got to admit, man, I was hacking today and I spelled, I actually got this guy's name wrong. I've been writing uh, stories about Madonna County native Matt. And Bodio. I, I almost call him Aunt Matt and Bodio in the story, and thankfully one of our editors caught that. Yeah, it's been a tough day. It's hard to work while you're sick. It's um, yeah. not, not much fun at all. But Matt currently is going for uh, we're taping this around 6 p.m. on a Wednesday. He is going for win number 26 in a row tonight. Um, and if you listen to it later, I mean, again, as of Wednesday, he's still live in Jeopardy. Man, Craig, I'm not a big Jeopardy watcher. I know I, I did a really mean joke about if you're watching Jeopardy Wheel of Fortune all the time, you're about dead. So <laughs> I, that's why I don't watch every day. But the other day, it was Monday. I was off. I was checking out. I don't think this kid's ever going to lose. I mean, he's just a maniac. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's not just winning. Yeah, he's just blowing through everybody. Yeah. Well, it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, it's to, to know that an Ohioan is representing – you know, everybody always wants to know if they know like any Jeopardy contestants. I only know one personally that I've that I've met before. 
Um, other than that, yeah, I don't really know anybody on Jeopardy, but you know, it's just kind of fun to see, you know, see people from the state of Ohio, you know, representing well, and, and he's doing that. And this is a, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, hasn't rubbed people exactly the right way, but you know, Hey, if you went a lot in a game show, what's going to happen? I mean, you know, right. Well, yeah. you know, you're not you're not going to please everybody. That's the right. way. Thing. I mean, yeah, you want to be respectful and nice and everything you can be, but at the end of the day, not everybody's going to like you, even if you put your two best feet forward. So, you know, it's just the way it is. Uh, Max did a pretty good job of it, and again, I've been writing stories on me today, but um, like he'll update his Twitter because you know, okay, spoiler alert: these shows are all taped beforehand. So right. probably the next couple of weeks of shows are at least taped for him. So, you know, he might be like, oh, I'm still alive. I'm 150 in a row, or maybe I lost tonight, or whatever the case might be. Man, that would be hard to keep that private. And he's done a good job of, you know, doing his tweet based on what happened during that night show, you know, right. to give off the illusion like these are happening the same day. But, man, that would be difficult. Like if, if I was him or I was a friend of his, you know. Exactly, because, you know, when they lose, you know, people are going to know because he's going to come home or he's going to let them know, maybe you would imagine, or an employer, if he, you know, if you're working somewhere and you're and you're finally back to, to working full time or whatever your schedule may be or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's got to be challenging to, to kind of keep it secret. But, you know, you always kind of wonder, like, should you scroll through their Twitter to see, like, maybe if they you know, tweeted something, you know, in anger or something two months ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to see, because these shows are taped um, at least several weeks in advance, in some cases even longer, depending on when the season ends and all that kind of stuff and when they have all the other tournament of champions and whatever. So it's possible that, you know, we, you know, we could be, he could be just sitting there for a month, just having to hold on to these secrets. And it's probably not a lot of fun. Well, yeah, I'm thinking too, and our thoughts go out to Nightbird. Hopefully, she's doing okay. That was the Zanesville singer who was battling cancer, and she was on America's Got Talent, did really well before she had to pull out because of her cancer. But I heard an interview of her on Radio U, uh, one of the stations that plays her music, where she was talking about she had this like magical moment. She won the Golden Buzzer, everybody was fawning over her. That was taped a couple months ago. So you're sitting there, and how weird would that be, man? Because, you know, you, you talk about Matt Imodio, you know, longer he keeps winning, his um, saga continues to grow since it's happening every night. Maybe not people are following him every night, but they want to see some updates about him and everything. Nightbird, she was only on TV once. Well, she came back on to do a pre-tape message for the judges, but she's on once. She knew she had this big magical moment. You had to hang on to that for two months. Where right. two months beforehand, nobody knows who the heck you are, and you're like, oh boy, right. next Tuesday my Twitter's gonna blow up or something, you know? Right. That'd be that be kind of a thought. And I know you're not supposed to tell everybody there's some like um, what do you call it, non-disclosure forms and everything else, but that'd be hard. I mean, I mean, would you let slip to a friend or something? I mean, you would have to be really careful. But I can't believe she didn't tell anybody. I can't believe that Matt hasn't told anybody. And like yeah. you said, you know. He's done. He has done a good job on Twitter of just being very professional about what he says and everything. But <laughs> can you imagine, like, and I don't know. Maybe he's back in California taping new shows. I don't know how he's doing. Right. But can you imagine if he came home? Well, he actually lives in Connecticut. So say you run into him in Connecticut. Right. 
what if he had a bad day? You're like, hmm, is it a bad day because he's bad because he lost? Or yeah. is it a bad day? You know, how do you know? He's he's kind of a fun, you know, I, I'm checking out his Twitter again. and Because I, I, I remember uh, a couple days ago, former <clears throat> Jeopardy champion James Holzhauer. Yeah, I want to ask about that. Uh, went uh, went a little shade on him, uh, you know, with, when you're ordering something online versus when it when it arrives, and both at the 23 day championship mark, Holzhauer had um, uh, 1.78 million, and of course, um, Amodio has 825 thousand. So, kind of threw some shade at him, but then Amodio came back with it must be nice having time to throw shade on Twitter. Us Jeopardy champions with zero career losses have actual work to do. So. I don't know if those guys are like friendly because they're in sort of the Jeopardy fraternity, or if like he actually was literally trying to start stir the pot up a little bit. Um, no, I, I think they're stirring the pot because um, Jennings, uh, Ken Jennings, the guy who won more than anybody else, had said some right. nice things about Amodio and Amodio returned to favor. But Holzhauer's a little bit of a guy on his own. Now, I, I don't know yeah. if I'm certain, but it looks like they're. I mean, I don't know if they hate each other, but you know, there yeah. might be a little bit more snipe to what you thought. I mean, wouldn't that be fun? You know, Jeopardy has always been known as this like sort of ladies and gentlemen's game, if you will. But what if what if there was some shade and some trash talking maybe going on on set? Like, what right. if like someone misses a question and you're like an idiot or so? You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't it be fun to to kind of get some of that that uh, maybe beef into the actual Jeopardy? World, maybe. Well, and that's why it, we've talked a billion times about who should be the host of Jeopardy. But that's why you get, you have to have a grump. You have to have a John Tortorella or somebody <laughs> there. But you got you have to have someone that really snipes. I mean, I, I've read some things. Um, you know, they've go, they've going for guests though, so trying to figure out who actually qualifies for after everything that happened with Mike Richards. Mm-hmm. But they have this Mahin Balik who was on Blossom and who was on Big Bang Theory, and they say how. She makes some comments in Modio thinking that, you know, maybe she's not a huge fan of his or whatever. But, no, I want real snipe. I don't want just snipe where you have to read between the lines and everything. I mean, I want, you know, John Tortorella snipe or everything. I, I know he's going to be ESPN, but come on. Yeah. Well, you know, like, what if, he misses, what, if he, what if he misses a question and then someone else rings in and then answers it, but right before, you know, right, right before they get done with it all, they say, you're stupid or something. You know, like, it's really kind of stir that thick pot of gravy going on because you're a, you're competing against one another and you're taking shots at them as you're answering the questions that they missed. Yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting to see. So I'm good luck to Matt Amodio. Understand we're taping this on Wednesday night. Who knows if he's still going to be alive or not. And, well, let me rephrase. Alive in jeopardy. I mean, hopefully right, he's alive. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that'll be really different. <laughs> Awkward if <laughs> something happened there, but um, no, but good luck to him. It's been a fun story for Ohio, and we hope it continues. Hey, I wanted to touch on two other things real quickly. Um, we still talk about Ohio news, and I think that's always gonna be some of a part of what we do. I gotta tell you, I mean, and a personal aside, let me mention this quick. Um, you know, Ohio's in a weird spot of COVID, they're not able to make a ton of mandates. Um, you know, the uh, governor DeWine just pretty much goes up and says, hey, get vaccinated. Right. And he's doing what he can do. I'm not sniping at Governor DeWine. But you watch it, it gets depressing. I, I got strong feelings about it. Craig does too. Um, we're going to, 
I think we'll do a, a weekly vouch for, hey, get vaccinated, because we both feel strongly in that. But we may not be harping on this for a half hour, 45 minutes, like we, we've done in the past, or harping on all the political responses. Um, it's just a choice, too. I mean, we do this eight hours a day for work, and I don't know. I, I'd rather talk about Matt Modio or uh, Lowcast or some of the other goofy stuff we'll talk about. But there's two stories that are a little bit more in the serious modes. And, and Craig, let's not talk about these forever, but let's just mention them really quick that are not COVID-related, but I, I think they deserve our attention. Um, Akron, I thought this was interesting. Everyone's talking about police. You know, what's the best way we can handle police? Akron is looking at a civilian response to nonviolent, low-priority 911 calls. I'm torn about this. I One of the things about police is I, I think we just need to find better ways of doing things. So in some ways, I am applaud this move because, yeah, hey, we're, we're trying something different. Let's see if something works. Let's not always throw the same dart at the board. Let's try something different. I, I, I just don't know... No matter what you think about the police, there's something a little bit more official in the police than if your neighbor down the road comes over and says, hey, you know, <laughs> turn your sound off or whatever, you know, whatever the nonviolent complaint is. I, You think this might work or? You know, it's I, I don't know. I, I think I'm kind of in the same boat as you where I'm a little bit torn where I can understand why a city would, would want to entertain this idea. The only thing that I would say is that that really scares me if you're not going to have any like trained official police presence, whereas you just have people that are trained maybe to diffuse situations. The minute they can't diffuse a situation and it gets violent, you're basically are you are you kind of leading them out to the slaughter then if that's the case, because they're not trained physically to handle if a situation goes awry like police are there are a lot of agencies that police go out and then in order to help with a a mental health issue or maybe some sort of a a, a, maybe some sort of an issue that needs to be addressed you know from a, a you know a social work sort of side where they will have teams of social workers at the ready to be able to go out there to help in the event that they encounter someone you know, with, you know, maybe a mental health issue or a mental disability or something like that, where I completely understand, but they're going with police. So there's always the idea that you're going into a situation where you're going to have some level of protection in the event that stuff gets sketchy because it's possible. It's not to say that it will in any, in any or every case, but it's possible that if a situation can't be diffused, then there's really no physical protection standing between you and someone that may or may not decide to harm you. Yeah, because you never know. It could be noise complaints that turns a lot more. I mean, just because it doesn't come across the 911 line, you don't know. Right. So I, yeah, I agree. I mean, let's have more counselors, more psychologists, maybe even more chaplains involved. And you might be like, oh, we can't hire more people. Well, maybe have more training of that, yeah. where it's not just you know police work. So. All right, and I want to touch on something else. We probably need to finish on the NFL. Uh, I'm reluctant this week. My team sucks. <laughs> it's rough. But um, let's touch on this real quick. Hudson Mayer gets himself a little bit of hot water. Um, uh, you know, Hudson, Hudson 
they I'm trying to say this in as few words as possible. Uh, there was a book of writing prompts. It was like a writing class where, you know, if you don't know what to write about, you pick from these prompts. Well, some of the prompts were a little bit sketchy. Like one said, hey, talk about sex. Uh, write a sex scene that you would be nervous to show your mom. Okay, well, yeah, not a good idea. And the, and the board took action against that. Say, okay, we don't need that book in anymore. So they've already taken the action. Uh, the Hudson Mayor. And, okay, you could say, well, he's there as a private resident, but he's the Hudson Mayor. I mean, if you live up there, you're like, whoa, that's the Hudson Mayor, you know? Right. <clears throat> so he comes up, and he's really upset. And he's like, oh, you're going to be arrested for child porn and everything else. Uh, the Beacon Journal has done a great job of kind of talking to people, defying and saying, hey, look, a suggestion isn't child porn. Now, if you have images or whatever else that, that becomes child porn, but we're looking at a suggestion here. This is a little bit uh, crazy. I have a real quick on this. I, I think it's a good reason that you've got to be careful because you're representing people. Like, you know, Craig, you can go out to your local uh, neighborhood association meeting or council meeting. Talking as Craig, you know, not as a reporter, but hey, you know, you are a reporter, and you know, you gotta be careful about what you say. Even if you're like, hey, I'm not here writing the story; I'm just here concerned about the lack of a traffic light here or whatever else. The case right, so, I mean, and I, that's where I, I definitely criticize the Hudson Mayor about that. So, yeah, it kind of seems like this. Maybe this mayor is trying to stick up. I don't know if he or he does or doesn't believe what he's saying here more so than he's like trying to stick up for this swath of people that have come up and said, this is totally inappropriate. This is grooming and stuff like that, which I don't know that I believe that I, I think it's taking it a, a weird step forward, both on both sides. Like I don't think it needs to be in a 642 things to write about book for college right. plus stuff. But I also don't know that I would consider it child pornography and or grooming of young men and women uh, to becoming, you know, sexualized or sexual, you know, victims or whatever it may be. But I wonder if his outrage is more geared towards these people that have, you know, raised their fist at this and wanting some action done. I don't know that the here's what here's what really gets me. And this is from someone that covers cops and courts and has covered a lot of crime in the past. If if you commit a crime, you've committed a crime. What I find very strange about this is that this mayor is saying, if you don't resign, we're going to charge you. Well, if it's a crime, then charge yeah, the person. Charge, yeah. charge those people with a crime if it's a crime. Don't give me this we don't maybe like you or we don't like this one thing that happened, so we're going to use this as a tool to get you out. If you, if that person, and if this judge who may or may not exist, who knows, it maybe does, but maybe whatever, if it's a crime, then charge them. If they've committed right. a crime, charge them. Now, granted, I understand that this stuff happens in public places where people are charged or whatever, or they, they face criminal charges and they resign and don't get charged. But if you really feel that strongly about it, right. then put your money where your mouth is. Right. And say, whoever the prosecutor is in Hudson or whatever, you know, whatever they need to do, you tell them, I want you to look in this and make sure that it's not a crime before we go forward with just forgetting about it. But it's weird that you would go to a judge 
who has no real legal standing in this. They have no, they're the judge and jury. Yes, they're, they're the judge at the end of the day, but a judge has no basis for charging someone. They're not going to charge these people. The, the prosecutor or the city's law director is going to seek charges, not the judge. So why the mayor did not talk to, and maybe he has, but why, why this story was not, well, the prosecutor said, instead of a judge, right. that's what gets me. For, it just doesn't make sense to me that I, I think he's just trying to support his constituents, and I get that, but I think it's a little bit of an overstep here. Well, and let's very briefly dip our toe in the water. We said we don't want to dip our toe into that much anymore, but it's an over politically situation. You know, if you're a public official, if you're running for office, if you're a current mayor, if you're a school board member, it's like everything you say is political, and you can use that for your advantage. And I think the mayor was just trying to use it for his advantage. But understand, and again, I'm not a, I'm not a legal expert, so please correct me if I'm wrong. If a kid writes a general sex scene story, yeah, I don't want my high schooler writing sex scenes or whatever else the case might be. But that in itself is a pornography. Now, if he's like, hey, I'm in this scene with, you know, Jen, and, and Jen's a student at the school, and you're like, whoa, there's way too much information, maybe that gets in, well, that gets in the awkward sense. I'm not even sure you could charge somebody for that. Right. I mean, he's got to understand what is those definitions. When you talk about child pornography, I mean, that, okay, if you're having images or something else like that, but, you know, it's it just, you got to understand what you're talking about, no matter what you say in a public meeting, right. especially if you're a public official. And if not, you answer for what you say. And Well, it, it appears that the school has addressed, first off, they said that this isn't the first time they've used this 642 things to write about as a prompt for this College Credit Plus program. But they've also said that, you know, they're going to essentially move on from it and not use that anymore. Yeah. And I, I applaud them for it. But th then it goes back to the should the school board or the principal or the superintendent yeah. resign over this? I don't know. And, it, and it's one of those things, too, where, yes, these prompts were in the book, but it wasn't like Teacher Joe down the street said, you have to write about a sex scene that you would be nervous to show your parents and yeah. then also write about one that you think they would be able to see that it wasn't even an assignment. It was a, here's a book of prompts, go write about something in that book. And I'm sure that, you know, you know, pre, you know, the, the puberty stricken teens of, of the Hudson school district probably got a laugh out of it and showed someone. And then they showed someone and they had laughs and then right. at some point, someone's mom and dad or guardian or whoever caught wind of it and was appalled by it. And I get why you would be appalled by it. I don't think that prompt really makes any sense for a college credit plus high school student to write about. But at the end of the day, it wasn't as if the school district said, you need to write about this. It wasn't like right. it was an assignment. It was within a context of 641 other prompts that they could have written about. It was wrong. It needed a response. The school district took the basic response. They, right. they should have done. I mean, I'm not questioning the school district at all. Right. And I'll be honest, too. Okay. And here's the problem for our, our politically hyper 
world that we, we currently find ourselves living in. I can understand if a parent, the mayor, whoever gets up and says, hey, this kind got snuck in the mix. I'd like to know more about it. But if you say that, you better darn well make sure that you're there at the beginning to say, hey, let me take a look at these books. All right, I'm a little concerned about this. Because if you're not, you're just harping to get a big headline in the newspaper, and that's it. You know? no, one, no, one, no one complains when – and I'm not trying to compare things, but – no one, no parents seem to complain, especially in the state of Ohio, when certain things are omitted from history books or science books right. or math books. I mean, do we see this outrage from people that now I know that child pornography is completely different than, you know, not having algebra in a book. But, you know, there's been plenty of times where you could really make an argument that history books omit a lot of history and the 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 bad things that have happened in history. And, you know, we don't see the same stink about that as we did this. Well, has, it, you know, it, 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 changes and, re, you know, res, resignations from the mayor telling the school board to the mayor didn't tell the school board to resign because they didn't properly cover slavery in the history books, did he? Well, there is some discussion. And I, again, I might. I, I, I'm not sure how corroborated it is, but there have been the discussion in the school district in general about the critical race theory. You know, that's right, a right. hot topic. Yeah. Uh, so, but I, I guess what I'm saying is whatever it might be, if you're concerned about a sex scene prompt or anything else, again, I'm not saying don't be concerned about that. By all means, be concerned. But if you're being concerned, don't just harp it after it happens. Sit there and say, hey, you know, put in public records request. Hey, I want to see the curriculum you're reading. And then right. that way in July, before this happens, you can start or whenever the curriculum's approved, whenever that is. Right. Before it's approved, just say, hey, this book's kind of weird. Why don't you pick another book? And yeah, it may not make the 80 point headline in the paper, but you're probably more likely to get more things done, which and I guess that's my question. They're really trying to get more things done. Yeah. But right. they've, they've quickly corrected the oversight, on, right. on, you know, and this is something like they said in the story. It's not the first year that this book has been used for a writing prompt. Not to say that that excuses it. It's just to say that no one's no one's brought up this issue in the past. So at that point, if you're a school district, why should you make any changes unless someone brings it to your attention? I'm not I'm not saying that you shouldn't have the mindset going in to make sure that things are, are kosher. But at the end of the day, it, you know, you can't really make a lot of changes until people bring up what's wrong with things or what they dislike about things. Right. To some degree. Yeah. And, and understand too, I'm not advocating, Hey, high school kids should write more about sex and everything. But what I'm saying is it's not just having a problem. The book isn't child pornography. Know what you're talking about. Before right. You you start crying about this. All right, well, let's make this brief because I, I'm sick. I'm not feeling well. And if it's still at 150 and nothing, I would mush up energy, but I don't let energy <laughs> do that well. Let, let's quickly go over the games. I know we got in some good conversations last week, but it was a 40-minute discussion. We got another hour to do, Craig, so yes. let's make this quick. Oh, I, I can't think of who, won, who played last weekend. Uh, Browns? And Texans. Yeah, Texans. You know, it's interesting. The Texans really aren't a great team. They beat up on Jacksonville. Right. Uh, Jacksonville doesn't seem to be a good team at all. 
Uh, Tyrod Taylor was the, um, you know, he used to play for the Browns. Actually, yeah. you know, he had a job before Baker Mayfield came. Um, you know, Tyrod looked good. He got hurt. I don't know. It wasn't a thrilling performance by the Browns' defense, but the Browns did what they had to do, and they won. Um, they're, they're a little concerned about Jarvis Landry, but, you know, as we discussed last week, maybe Beckham comes back. I mean, I thought it was okay. It was a game they had to win, but it didn't necessarily wow me. Eh, I guess we had to grant maybe a B, B minus overall. I kind of wonder what would have happened if Tyrod Taylor had stayed healthy through, you know, and played that second half. It was a very different game in that first half. So I was kind of curious to see what would happen. You know, this is maybe it's a wake up call for the Browns. Like you said, they, you know, they were okay, but yeah, they probably, you know, should have handled them a little bit easier than they did. And, and not until the second half when a rookie quarterback had to step in for the Texans. So some things to clean up, needless to say, for the Cleveland Browns. And I, you know, they had the Bears this week, if I'm not mistaken, and Justin Fields has been named the starter. So, you know, maybe they'll get a little healthy on defense there with a rookie quarterback going against them. Yeah, I understand this, too. There are better teams than others in the NFL, but still a league of professional football players. Oh, I yeah. Mean, yeah. Where, where, where stuff happens if you're not ready. And, yeah. you know, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. I'm. I don't know. I'm still a little bit bummed about what happened. We'll get there in a second. Um, speaking of the Bears, I don't know the final score off the top of my head, but the Bears kind of beat up on the Bengals a little bit. Well, um, they were they were beating them up. It was it was a lopsided at first, but then uh, the Bengals came back and made it close at the end there. So yeah, yeah. Um, Dalton got hurt. They brought in uh, who you mentioned, Justin Fields. Um, and then, as you said, they named Justin Fields the starter against the Browns on Sunday. So it's got a little bit more interest with Ohio fans with sure. the Bears and Browns. It'll be interesting to see how Justin Fields does. Um, and, now, it's his first start, so don't expect Patrick Mahomes. But, right, right. you know, it'll be interesting to see how he develops. And, you know, interesting from Ohio's side to, to see what happens. I would say, however, the Bears have a good defense, so the Browns, Got to be careful there. I, I still look at this as a game that the Browns at least should win, which could be problematic if they lose to the Bears. It won't be a play at all, but I mean, it's a game the Browns should win if they are who some people think they are. So, yeah. And of course, the Bengals, Joe, Joe Burrow got sacked another four times. So, I'm, you know, it's going to, it seems like it's, if we do this weekly, it's going to be a weekly issue with the Bengals. They need to protect Joe Burrow and keep him healthy. Well, and let's quickly move to Steelers because the Bengals will play the Steelers next week. Right. Steelers, all kinds of injuries. And it wasn't an excuse. They, they didn't have the uh, – weren't creative offensively. And, uh, you know, Derek Carr played well. He outplayed the Steelers. They made the plays the Steelers didn't. Um, it'll be interesting to see who comes back. Um, T.J. Watt got hurt. Um, you know, they're thinking he might come back. Alex Highsmith got hurt. It's a key might be back, but nobody knows for certain. Right. Uh, it could be very problematic for the Bengals in the offensive line. They're going to Pittsburgh. I still think, in worst case scenario, even if um, Watt or Heisman doesn't play, I still look at the Steelers winning that game. It will not be a piece of art, though. I, I still think <laughs> yeah, right. the fact that it's in Pittsburgh, yeah. I would have to. Now, if it was, and you're like, well, you don't have to sue us. What are you going to say? But I'll be nervous if I gave us in Cincinnati. But I, I think Pittsburgh wins. It's not going to be pretty. Pittsburgh's got to find themselves in the offense. That's their problem. 
Ben Roethlisberger's hurt. Uh, everything yeah. indicated is he's going to at least try to play, right. but they, they got to keep him healthy. Um, their offensive line, it, they knew going the year it was it was going to be a shaky proposition, but they got to keep him healthy. I mean, he got hurt, and if then yeah. and the Bengals don't have a stellar pass rush, but man, he can make the Bengals look really good. Who knows? Yeah, I mean it's uh, you know Big Ben being a little banged up already, and you've got. 15 more games left. The offensive line still isn't, you know, opening up a lot of holes for Najee Harris. You know, I was impressed with the Steelers win opening weekend. I'm, I'm not saying that the Raiders are bad. I think the Raiders are a pretty good team, but this is a big game for the Steelers. This is, I think, a test of what the, what the Steelers are. Can they beat a team that they're probably better than, or are they going to lose a home game to a team that they're better than? And this is going to be who they are this year. I think this this is a big week for them. And they are banged up. They're more banged up than other teams are. But it's the NFL. You, yeah. you got to get it done somehow. And I, I still think they have, again, very biased. I, I still think they can get by the Bengals again. Not a work of art. Lions actually looked pretty good in the first half. The Packers <laughs> caught up. Um, they, they, I, they toyed with my emotions, Chris. I was kind of like, hey, here we go. Well, I think we realized maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't what he used to be five years ago, but Aaron Rodgers is still a good quarterback. Um, yeah, after the first right. game, you're like, oh, my gosh, is he washed up? No, I still, he's a good, still a good quarterback. But, you know, Jared Goff isn't looking bad. I mean, I, I wouldn't call the Lions a playoff team. but No, 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 no. <laughs> there's, well, they're starting to be competitive, which is going to cut in the NFL. You still got to get closer. But, I mean, it's not jump off. Of, well, I don't want to say that. Well, it's not disaster. It's time for lines yet. I'll just say that. Well, it's it's. I I assess it like this. Monday night got away from him there in the second half, but I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were playing a very good team. I think the I think the Packers are still going to be a good team. They're going to make the playoffs, I believe. I just feel like with the Lions, they don't have the the required talent to compete with teams like Green Bay right now. They're and it's primarily on defense. Like I don't I don't think Detroit's got a great offense, but I don't think it's like worse than the league offense because they have some pieces like with Hawkinson and their running backs are pretty solid tandem. Goff turns the ball over too much, which is gonna kill the offense and it's gonna make the defense even worse because then they're going to be playing on short fields. They're going to be playing more game. So I just the, the Lions are not going to be good. They might only win three games this year, maybe four. But it's about putting the building blocks together, and it's about creating an identity, which I think the identity was created mon- uh, on the opening weekend against San Francisco when they could have easily had gotten destroyed in that game, and they were getting destroyed, but they came back and made it close. And – you could tell that they brought that same fight to Green Bay and it just didn't work out for them. Like they play hard and it's exciting to see that because I could, you could probably tell over the last few years with Patricia, they didn't really care to play for him. So they weren't really, not that, not that they're not grown men and they're not going to go out and play their hearts out, but right. you can kind of tell they didn't care about their, their coach and their personnel there. I think they care about Dan Campbell they're going to fight hard. They're going to lose a lot of games, but they're going to scare some teams at times too. Well, you're right. They got to find their identity. They got to get things set in place. It's two games. It's a 17 game season, uh, you know. But 
is Jared Goff the quarterback? I mean, they got a lot of new pieces, and yep. if he's not, and you know, if they lose a lot and he's not, then you got a chance. And I don't even know if there's like a number one quarterback out there that will go number yeah. one. But right now, I don't know. Maybe that shot. Who knows? Yeah. So, yeah. Be very good. All right. Well, let's close up because I got another hour to do, Craig. I'm not sure how I'm going to do this. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, you know, Chase Bank. Okay. We talk about this all the time. Craig, you know what really takes me off? I, I hear people like, I hate my bank. Okay. Yeah. Well, we hate stuff, but make it better. I mean, you know, sometimes it's hard to move. Sometimes it's hard to find new jobs. Sometimes it's hard to change a career or whatever. It's not hard to change a bank. You just say, hey, I'm making that change, right, Craig? It's easy to do. It doesn't take that much stuff. So click on the link, sign for account with Chase Bank, set up your direct deposit. Obviously, you know, it's 2021. You got to set up your direct deposit, and they'll pay you. Last I heard, 225 bucks. Hey, if you're sitting there going, I can't believe the list is for an hour, hey, we'll pay you for it. Whatever podcast is that. All right. Well, Craig, we. Let, let's kind of an hour. My gosh, this is gonna be fun. All right, let's get through uh, this next hour. Um, always daily um, podcast from us. Um, keep checking our feed and um, share us with your friends. For Craig, this is Chris. Have a good one. We'll be back soon, hopefully. Uh, bye bye. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope to learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.